Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Wow. It was a full pack day yesterday. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep well, and it's not, uh, it's not the caffeine, I guess. It's, it's the Holy Spirit. You know, there's something happens when you're around people who, who carry not just a message, but live it out. I was reminded uh, four years ago, I guess, I guess five years ago, I was in Pemba, Mozambique, Iris, and I was part of the Norwegian team, <laughs> Filipino. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's the impartation, yeah, it's the DNA, spiritual DNA. I'm Norwegian, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, I'm part of that group. That was the second, uh, second trip to Pemba. Uh, we've been doing men's uh, conference. So I, I spoke at that conference, and it was a Friday and then Saturday. I remembered I was sharing about Jacob wrestling with God, and it was powerful. 300-plus men in the room. And then the following day, uh, I just had this impression, let people share their stories. And this guy stood up and he said, I, I want to share my story. And he shared, the first thing he did, he, he said was, I'm the big thief from that, that town. I mean, my eyes just got big. Oh, no. <laughs> He's a thief. And he is in the conference. I thought it was for the pastors. He was there for, for the meals. And I was just like about to, you know, hide or whatever. Just do the, the Heidi Baker thing. Just drop on. <laughs> and just be lost. So, and then he said yesterday. I came to realize that I have been a Jacob. And then he wept. And then he said, now I am Israel. The relief over me. And then I was about to to guide the testimonies. (laughs) Then God said, don't ever touch this. And I felt instead of leading two more individuals to to share your stories, I said, group yourselves into 10 and each one sharing your stories and testimonies. And make sure after you hear the testimonies, you clap your hands and celebrate. And they did it. And by the time the third person 
was sharing the testimonies and people were, were clapping their hands. The glory of God hit the room. People were just on their knees, weeping and laughing and dancing. And I was just, wow, that's, that's the message. I'm not preaching. <laughs> God showed up. And, you know, Africans, they dance like they know how to dance. <laughs> I don't know how to dance. <laughs> but they, they, they were dancing. And I was watching them, this man, you know, dancing around. And I was just filled up with so much joy, like a small boy with a big dad watching these things. And as I was watching, I, I, my eyes focused on one person in the middle. He was just out. He was just all over, dancing, close closed his eyes, and the power of God hit him. He was on the floor, shaking like this, and I heard the voice of God telling me, Paul, I want you to become like that. I want to tell you, you can receive impartation at any level. It's just a matter of the heart. It wrecked me to the core. I had to walk away and just, and I just said, give me a grace to stay in that place. I don't want to be a professional. I just want to be like that. It was a powerful time and then came Sunday. I was ready to receive, like, oh, finally assignment is done. I'm, I'm feeling this is my time to just sit down here, uh, listen from Heidi. And I was there just having my time. And here comes Heidi <laughs> touching me on the shoulder. And he said, Paul, I, hi, Mama Heidi. He said, you have a word. Preach it. <laughs> you know, I kind of would want to go back to where's my laptop and then probably I have a word. <laughs> but I just said, oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know what I've signed up for, but I just said, yes. And I just closed my eyes and Go ahead, <laughs> if you want to. And it was so clear. Isaiah 6. And I preached that word. And the fire of God came in that room. Heidi was asking me, Go around people and lay hands. Paul, release the fire with the Norwegians. Now, the combination of Norwegians and Filipinos. <laughs> Good combination. <laughs> and it, was, it was amazing. And came the, the intercessor of Heidi. I forgot her name. And she pulled me. And she said, Paul, we had our meeting Last Wednesday, look at the notes. It's Isaiah 6. 
So as I was asking God for the message today, and just being around Heidi, I, I went back to that memory stone. I want to share to you, and I'll take time to unpack this. Yesterday was just, you know, the two years and release it. Now it's a little bit calm. I got my notes here. I don't have my PowerPoint, which is good. I'll be organized a little bit here. But my heart is this, that we will all capture a fresh vision from heaven. Your seeing will set you up for your sending. If you see God in a wrong way, most likely, you won't be sent out, not on the side of God, but you will always feel inadequate. You would always feel you're not the person for the assignment. And there's just something to this, and let's read the scripture, Isaiah chapter 6, let's go there. From verse 1 to verse 9, let me read. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two, he covered his face, and with two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. Amazing. Wow, weird, <laughs> if you may. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Yesterday, we've been singing this again and again. And at one point, does that cry, send us, Lord. So I got the confirmation I, yesterday. This is it. Stay, stay here. And my wife asked me, what are you going to preach? I had the boldness to tell her, Isaiah 6. <laughs> so now I'm the Jacob. She's like the, you know. Yesterday I shared that she's like the Jacob. I won't let you go until you bless me type of boldness. Now I have the boldness to say, this is the word of the Lord. And that's my prayer for all of us. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out. While the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, woe is me for I am ruined, I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Your seeing will prepare you for your sending. We have to have a fresh view of heaven, a fresh encounter of heaven. Because at times, it may be polluted 
by fake news, bad news, political unrest, and whatsoever. Let's continue. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. You know, he used the tongs. Verse 7, he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is forgiven. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's a conversation in heaven going on. Then I said, here am I, send me. In verse 9, we'll just take the first portion, and he said, go and tell these people. In the year of King, when King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. This is a moment of transition that leads to transformation. Watch out for those moments of transition in your life because that's actually the Kairos moment, the moment in which the kingdom of God is breaking into your world. Do you want the kingdom of God? Sometimes comes to us in a place of great pain or great tribulation or a moment of a Kairos moment in which everything stops. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Sometimes something has to die before you have to see a vision of God. And Uzziah, another name for Uzziah is Azariah. His name means the strength of Yahweh. How do you like to have that name? <laughs> wow, what a name. The strength of Yahweh. And if you want to do a study of the life of Uzziah, you can read that from 2 Chronicles 26 or 1 Kings 15. He's one of the kings of Judah. And as I've mentioned, his name means the strength of Yahweh. He started reigning when he was 16 years of age. Anybody 16 years old here? Wow, 16 years old. He ruled over Judah. And he ruled for a total of 52 Years. That's amazing. That's longevity. Amen? What's striking about Uzziah is this. He's, he's actually a, a reformer, a revivalist in his time. And we, if we do a study of the kings of Israel and Judah, you see this like ups and downs. And Uzziah is one of the ones who moved Judah into a moment of, a time of greatness or strength that nations respect the nation of Judah when the kingdom was 
split into two. So Uzziah followed the steps of his father Amaziah in regards to obeying and pursuing the ways of God. And in verse 5 of 2 Chronicles 26, something stands out. It says here, as long as he pursued and sought the Lord, he prospered in everything. The key to your prosperity is not the desire for wealth. The key to your prosperity is what you are pursuing. Success is not about how much you accumulate. Success in the kingdom of God is about surrendering everything for that one. As long as he pursued God, he prospered in all things. So God helped him every step of the way. God helped him against the Philistines, Arabians, the Meonites, the Ammonites, also gave tribute to Uzziah. And you can read that in the scripture. His fame extended to the borders of Egypt, for he became very strong. Take note, what is his name? Strength of Yahweh. As long as he pursues Yahweh, strength is being released. To be strong is not to try to be strong by your own strength. To be strong is to totally surrender to the strength of God and then his strength is being revealed in and through you. As long as Uzziah trusted in the strength of God, living out his identity, everything around him is prospering. He's amazing. He was known for his leadership, vision. He was creative. He built cities and towers in the wilderness and won battles because of the weapons that he built. Literally, there's engines for catapults and releasing multiple arrows. Like, have you watched Lord of the Rings? Something like that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. This is Uzziah. He's, he's one of those who discovered weapons of warfare. And so nations feared him. He excelled in agriculture and livestock. He loves the soil. He loves planting. He, he built cisterns and, you know, to, to, to store waters for irrigation. This guy is a reformer. Talking about seven spheres of society, this is it. Are you with me? That's why it is so significant. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Uzziah could have been the deliverer. He could have been the prophet who would turn not just Judah, but also Israel back to God. Reformation was happening all around. He's got 307,000 elite army. David had 
his 400, 600 mighty men, he's got, this guy is extreme. He's got 2,600 valiant warriors. They could wage war with great power. Remember that? His name is Uzziah, the strength of Yahweh. As long as he pursue God, he prosper. And his strength is demonstrated in the things that's happening around. He is a builder. Phenomenal. And the thing here is that next is Judah prospered. So the king with the right heart, God surrounded him with the right people, right army, soil is being blessed for till, you know, livestock, everything, talking about heaven and earth. So guys, we're not just after God, take us home. No, no, let's demonstrate heaven to earth, here on earth, come on. We're not escaping. The earth is the Lord's and if we are ruling and reigning with God, then the earth should look like a reflection of heaven. And here comes Uzziah whose heart was totally devoted to God. Everything that flows out of his heart, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows. Issues of life, influence, fertile land, breakthroughs, creativity, design, men who are fearless. So everything was being established, and not only that, the nations around him started supporting him. And there's, there's a verse that says, you know, it says, his fame spread afar, for he was marvelously helped until he was strong. Remember that God is just so faithful. Your divine identity is connected to your destiny. He will never change his plan, design, opinion, affection about you. He will always just remind you, this is who you are. And my, my desire for today is that we'll be left with this revelation that there's a unique design, a unique name, a unique calling, and it's connected to our divine destiny. That as long as we pursue the one, we will be entrusted with all. Seek first his kingdom and all these things shall be added unto you. Live for the one. As long as Uzziah pursues God, he was growing in strength. He was living out his identity. When I was dying, as I've shared yesterday, God asked me, the father asked me, what's your name? And I said, I am Paul, your beloved son, and something exploded in my spirit. 
Let me say this. If the devil could get you to question who you are, he will get you to question, he'll be able to get you to question what you can do. So, and I also would like to remind us, the strength of Uzziah, first of all, came from God. Secondly, there were people around him. It takes a community for all of us to step into our divine destiny. A depressed prophet couldn't see what's ahead. But a prophet who experienced the still small voice of God, the whisper of God, you know, it, if it's a still small voice, it's not a shout. Meaning, God was just talking to him face to face. Let me say this. The first human encounter, Adam, was a face to face encounter with God. The only way we could expand the kingdom is to make sure we see everything through the face of God. In 2 Chronicles 26 verse 16, something happened when, when he was growing in strength. This is the turn, turning point. Listen, I'll, I'll read. But when he became strong, his heart was so proud that he acted corrupt. Remember, all kingdom matters are matters of the heart. You know, the thing I like about David, even in the midst of his big mess, guilty of adultery and murder, he wrote a song, Have mercy on me, O God. Are you... Do you know that song? According to your unfailing love, blot out my transgression. And then he got a revelation in the midst of his mess. He said, a broken and a contrite heart, oh Lord, you will never despise. You want the back door to the holy of holies? A broken and a contrite heart, oh Lord, you will never despise. But something happened to Uzziah. He overstepped his metron, his calling. He stepped out of the boundaries of his assignment, his kingdom assignment. And what happened to him? He forced himself to enter the Holy of Holies where the priests are in the holy place where the priests are burning incense. And not only that, he grabbed the incense and do it himself. And the priest said, no, you can't do that, Uzziah. Leave this place. It is not for you to offer. Stay on your lane. 
don't use somebody's shoes. He overstepped, and you know what happened? The anger of God. Let me backtrack a bit. When he was growing in strength, everything was, wow, an expression of the kind of heart that he, he carries. The identity, the strength of Yahweh, Uzziah. Everything was expressing greatness, strength, glory, majesty, heaven on earth, blessing. But when his heart shifted from the strength of Yahweh to my own strength. And he stepped into the holy place. Something happened. That strongest point. That flesh of Uzziah. Was turned into leprosy. Either we wrestle with God and be dislocated or we will force our way and be lepers. Which one do you want? I'm not scaring you, by the way. <laughs> Jacob wrestled with God. It's actually the angel wrestled with God. This is the moment. And God touched the strongest point of Jacob. He's been running. The strongest point of your life that represents who you are must come to a place of total surrender. He will touch that hip. And the good thing is you cannot walk alone apart from him. But for Uzziah, it was a disaster. His strength is in the flesh. And that whole flesh was exposed and decay started to come. It brings the fear of the Lord in me. Just a tilt of the heart. When he became strong, pride came in. We have to embrace both the love of God and the Lordship. If we want to see the kingdom, we have to have covenant that he paid the price. He's the, the, the Lamb of God. Eternal blood once and for all. We are forgiven. But we have to walk in the posture of humility again and again. And to remind ourselves that we're not just covenanted with him. But he is also the king. And that we are like Jesus will come to a place in our lives, thy will be done, not my will. 
Because there's no other destination where the Holy Spirit is bringing us. He is transforming us to become more like Jesus. Actually, the more like you is actually the more like Jesus. Your identity is never separated from the identity of Jesus. The only way we can see a better picture of who we are is that we are in Christ. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. There's just one place. Stay in Christ. Remain. That's our reality. When all the things are being shaken and all this noise and all these lockdowns and whatever. You're not locked down. You are in Christ. He's ruling and reigning in the heavenly places. Let's go back to Uzziah. It is pride that led him to his failure and demise. God struck him with leprosy, a disease associated with curse, death, and cleanness. What could have been a momentum for the next generation, now it's a disaster. So many movements. And I'm not here pointing finger. I'm here to say, guard your heart. Let's guard our hearts. Just one tilt. And praise God, we have the Holy Spirit, by the way, to help us. We're just, we just don't know what to do. I will never leave you orphan. I give you the Holy Spirit because he is the teacher. He is the one who will guide us. He is the one who will remind us. Are you with me? And let us not grieve the Holy Spirit, please. Because it's the Holy Spirit who will reveal the face of God. It's the Holy Spirit who will take what is in Jesus and reveal it to us. That, that heavenly transfer, that spiritual transfer happens in the Spirit. No eyes have seen, no ears have heard, no mind could ever comprehend what the things that God ha- had prepared beforehand. For whom? As, as Mama Heidi said, for those who love him and those who are called according to, to his purpose. This, this generous father... This eternal Father, Almighty God, He's got so much to give. But it takes the Holy Spirit's role to pick what is in the heart of the Father and reveal it to us. We can never start in the flesh, I mean in the spirit, and end up in the flesh and say, this is the church. Never. Never. So he lived, afterwards, he lived in isolation and shame because of this. He was leper until the day he died. Let's just release a prayer in our hearts. No more of this. No more of this story. We pray that we will see people Leaders, fathers, mothers in the spirit. 
will demonstrate to us longevity. Not just success, but significance because they live something for the next generation. Success is what you do for yourself. Significance is what you live for the next generation. And significance is always connected to your identity. Don't go for success. Live from significance. Live from your identity and then you will see success in a worldly you know, how the world sees it. But how God sees success, let me chase this rabbit a little bit. Success is not when David killed Goliath. Success was when David was alone in, 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 in the wilderness and playing the harp. And just... Because in this social media world, success is about how many likes you have. That popularity equals integrity. That's disaster. Because in the kingdom, it is first in before it can be out. He is the potter. We are the clay. He forms us. And the formation usually happens in the secret place and through the things we go through. Pain, rejection, Criticism, betrayal, name it. Who's got this? And still smile. Woo, hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. There are Uzziahs in our lives that must die. These are areas of our lives that we started right in the beginning. Yet we allow the flesh to creep in. And it takes over our pure intentions, selfless passion. Let me say this. What may start as a passion will end up as a manipulation when you are no longer being led by the heart of God. And many movements die because once the leader the father of this movement, just operating with so much passion. And I'm not blame, putting the blame on leaders, but the people around when the heart shifts from trying to manage what you have gained rather than pushing the boundaries and say, more Lord, living on the edge. And this is what I told my son, David, as I shared yesterday. One week after I got out of the hospital, we were biking, and, and I had my conversation with him. I shared my stories. And it was just an amazing time, father and son. And I told him, Dave, as long as I live on the edge, I see the kingdom breaking through in my life. And I, he said, how did you make those decisions? I said, I don't know. I just did. And then he just cried and said, Dad, I want my history with God. I want that. I want to live on the edge rather than on the comfort of what you can predict, what you can manage. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, no one is fit in the kingdom of 
in, in the kingdom of God. The one, the one who holds the plow and turn. I, Elisha held the plow of the kingdom, burned all his plows and oxen, held the plow of the, of the kingdom, never looked back. My prayer is that in all of these things that we have been receiving here, you hold on to the plow. And by the way, it's not a plow without an ox. The ox is Jesus. It's burning into new grounds. And you're just a little boy holding that plow. You're not actually pushing it. It's hard. Try plowing the ground. Wow. There are Uzziahs that must die. Areas where we started in the spirit and end up in the flesh. Before a, a full-blown spiritual leprosy happens, the full exposure of the flesh and decay, we have to find a place of brokenness and humility before God and to once again lay everything down before the and I'm not trying to scare you of the consequences. That's not the way. The only way is this, to be captivated by the one, to have the fear of the Lord in your heart, that the greatest fear is to get out of that identity, get out of that place where you see his face. The greatest fear is that disconnection with the Father. It's not about the consequences. It's not about the curse. That, that's just, it will come after you if you do that. That's, that's consequent. The greatest fear is this. Apart from you, I am nothing. That's why the, the, the ones who have received the love of God, they don't need a big stick to go. They're just laid down and just, God, if this is your will. Father, if this is you. I say Yes. Uzziahs, these are areas where we have our greatest strength and the strongest anointing combined. Skills, ability. Everything is growing. People are praising you. I will never forget, two years ago, after I shared about the river of God, Papa Jack came here, me and that life. And he embraced us. Just one message. He said, walk in humility. I'll take that forever. These are areas where we have committed spiritual ab abortions. It could have been a full-blown transformation, heaven and earth, similar to Solomon's day. There was an abortion happened. It happened not in the external, it happened inside. You're good?
These are areas of unsurrendered will, rebellion, pride, greed, maybe unforgiveness, offense. And that's why there's, there's really that need of just allowing God to bruise us, to shape us, and to just say, Thy will be done. And we stop wrestling with man and allow God to wrestle us. You know, Hosea, that's, that's what was written. Hosea said, when Jacob was young, he wrestled with men. But when he matured, God wrestled with him. How do you know that you have come into a maturity when you stop wrestling with men? And then he had a vision. So Uzziah must die to give way to the fresh encounter with God. Who wants Uzziah in your heart to die? I guess one of the things that pandemic did was for Uzziah to die. First it was exposed, then now it's time to die. Amen. Just embrace the process. <laughs> it's not killing you. It's just making you mo- look like Jesus more and more. Then Isaiah saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and lifted up. The train of the robe fills the temple. Some scholars, they, they say Isaiah is cousin to Uzziah, so he's kind of royal prophet. And he, probably he got so affected by this death. And prior to Isaiah 6, he was prophesying, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Scary prophet. <laughs> oh my God, here comes Isaiah, oh. <laughs> whoa, whoa. When can we prophesy, wow? I think the world needs wow prophets. That, yeah, I got that from my dad. He says, wow. <laughs> wow prophets. To be captured by the goodness of God, by his beauty, by his affection. In Isaiah, we see In the different chapters, he will present God as the transcendent one, the high and lofty above all else, but he is also the imminent one who's near to those who are humble and broken. And the imminence, the transcendence and imminence of God is found in Jesus. So prior to these life-changing, heavenly encounters, Isaiah was prophesying judgment to the people, to the nation, for the wickedness. And he's got reasons for it, right? I mean, it's too obvious. Will the prophet be silent? No, he has to speak. But it's one thing to speak and prophesy because that's your calling. It's quite another to prophesy because you have the heart of God.
When we prophesy just based on our gifts, then we limit what God can do through us on the basis of our gifts rather than the word of the Lord is spoken and it creates reality. It transforms reality in the hearts of people. So we can't really fake it. Are still good? Whew. It was prophesying, well, and it's so obvious you could see what's broken and you just prophesy. Some of our prophecies are just readings of the, the newspaper. Sorry. <laughs> it's time to see a vision of God and to prophesy the heart of God. So for Isaiah, this is a transition point that leads to a transformation. When Uzziah died, something happened to the, the nation, the prophets, the priests. Every, everyone were just grieving. This could have been the deliverer, the reformer. He could have been, you know, the Moses of our time. How many of us felt like Uzziah's died or something happened during the pandemic? I mean, I got, imagine preaching, like, you know, I used to preach this way, you know, I'm just, and then just be in front of a Zoom. I try. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You cannot yell. You cannot clap your hands. Say hallelujah. I mean, it's just mess up with the sound. <laughs> I mean, you just reduce to nothing really matters except for what God is saying and the spirit of the Lord. When the lockdown happened, I was invited, supposed to be, first of all, uh, the first invitation was of face-to-face, uh, in-person conference in Jakarta. And they canceled everything and they asked me, could you do just a Zoom meeting? And he gave, they gave me an assignment, talk about the Holy Spirit <laughs> on Zoom. <laughs> so I three sessions and I shared about the Holy Spirit. The last part, I released the presence of the Holy Spirit. By that time, they're not still totally locked down, they, they, they're in a big hall, and the, it's a huge church, and there are around a thousand people, members and leaders from their, their different churches inside the room. And then from my little office, in front of a, a computer, release the presence of God. A lot of my Uzziahs died. <laughs> I released the presence of God and I could just hear people screaming, falling under the power of God. I was watching, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and I asked the pastor later on, after 30 minutes, he came back and talked to me and I asked him, what happened? And he said, people are laid 
laid on the floor, and some people are getting delivered from demonic. And they missed lunch. You don't do that in, you don't do that in, in Asia. We love eating. Sometimes we just have to let go of Uzziahs to see the new move of God. The train of his robe fills the temple. First of all, the vision is, you know, who, who died? A king. And what was the vision? The king of all. We cannot be political with this. Sorry, I'm, I'm Asian. <laughs> Are you blue or are you red? Yes. There's, yes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> thank you, Dad, for rescuing me from uh, my... <laughs> thank you for that divine suggestion. <laughs> no, we can't, we can't play colors. There's just one king who sits on the throne. And he's doing something. He's filling up the temple. He's coming down. He's just looking for a place that would host his presence. And if you read the last chapter of Isaiah, it says in 66 verse 1 and 2, you know, heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. It's as if you, Isaiah was pointed back again to Isaiah 6. Heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. Can you build me a house like that? Of course, you cannot. But to this one I will look. God is looking for a habitation, not arguments, not to... Where is my place of rest? Because the more God comes, the more the temple shakes. Whew. Because the shaking is connected to your sending. So it's not just your seeing. The church is going through a shaking because we cannot fully represent the king of all, the king of glory, when there is thrones inside our hearts. He was feeling the temple. When Jesus walked this earth, his robe, and this, here comes a, a woman bleeding. She just said, if I could just touch the hem of his robe, I will be healed. What if that's the reality of the temple? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have hosted the presence of God so much that anyone that touch, anyone that you come in contact to, then you will see heaven breaking through, not because you organized it, because, but because you are now the conduit of heaven here on earth. So embrace the shaking, amen? amen. <laughs> That's a nervous amen. 
Embrace the shaking. Embrace the, the wheel when the Father is forming you. He's the Father. He knows what He's doing. We cannot question what is in the heart of the Father. That is never questioned. What we can do is to just keep on just yielding. In the place of yielding is that place of exchange. The place of yielding is the place of filling. So God continues to come down. Come. More Jesus. Yeah. Jehovah. Yahweh is calling. <laughs> are we seeing God filling the temple? Or are we still trapped by what could, could have been? Are we still looking at the Uzziahs of the past? We can honor the movements and just keep our hearts in in, in posture of, of humility and hunger and honor those, the things that God did in the previous generation. But that sometimes what we know is what hinders us from what we should know. So we need to keep on hearing. And it's dangerous when a prophet no longer hears yet still prophesies. Could there be a greater manifestation of God's kingdom, his nature, his rule, his reign, his peace coming on earth? Could there be a greater manifestation? Because the picture, that, uh, the vision that Isaiah was seeing that is this, that God is, you know, his robe is filling the temple. So he just loves coming. And do we make room? How do we make room in our hunger, in our honor of his presence, and in humility? So let's, let's continue. Then there's these seraphims. Heaven was just opening up. And there, these seraphims were, they were huge angels. Declaring, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. First of all, six wings. Just imagine that. Big creatures with six wings. Do you think that's normal? <laughs> that's heaven breaking through. In the year that King Uzziah died, heaven came down. In the years that pandemic happened, heaven came down. Come on. In that year you lost your job, heaven breaks through. And the angel was declaring to Isaiah, just, uh, let's, let's, let's just go back to the seraphims. They have six wings. First pair covering their face. Worship. Another pair covering their feet. Their walk, their life. Worship. Just one pair is enough. For the work. 
The church has been trying to model all wings working. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> when did heaven open up for Jacob? Was it when he was running? Or when Jacob rested his head on the rock? It was when he was resting. The two wings hiding their face, expressing the glory just to be around God. I mean, for all eternity. Now all our crowns, they just, there's only one place. Lay it down. And that the worship that we have here is, cannot be compared to what's happening there. But something happens when we align our hearts to begin to see the King of glory and worship Him for who He is. Instead of what was lost, now see what's coming. Then they cried out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The, the highest divine attribute of God is holy. His love is holy. It's not human love. I mean, what we heard from the story of Rashid, that's the Holy Spirit. That's agape. Are you with me? What this world needs is not just a mere human compassion. We need to be arrested, filled, overflowing with that eternal love. And that love from eternity crying out for sons and daughters. That this will be the compelling reason. His love is holy. His kindness is holy. His miracles are holy. His ways are holy. Are you with me? Well, the word holy, by the way, is that, you know, oftentimes we right away equate it to be serious. You want holiness? Just be serious. Look religious. The more religious you are, the more holy. Mo many holes, holy. <laughs> uh, that's Filipino joke. <laughs> but what I'm... His ways are holy. But don't you know the first time the word holy was mentioned? And if we follow the law of first mention in the scripture, it's in Genesis. It is when God rested from his works. He made that day holy, the day of rest. For what purpose? God delighted in all of his works. So the deepest reason, intention of God is that we will be the people who will express his delight. The post shook 
and the temple was filled with, with smoke. Who wants that? We don't need smoke machines here. Wow. It was so thick. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. There were several instances in the scripture when the thick smoke fills. When Moses and Joshua went up to the mountain, a father and a son went up to the mountain. The whole mountain was filled with smoke, not just the top of the mountain, the whole mountain. What if there is so much? A culture that, that's like a magnet, compelled by the love of the Father. That your prayer, our prayers here, will lead to the whole region, the whole Colorado being filled with smoke. He's filling the temple. And then what happened to him? He saw God, and let me say this, the angels, by the way, adjusted the vision of the prophet because the prophet Probably that time was a little bit depressed and so many woes instead of wows. He's just, and then the angel said, the whole earth is filled with his glory. It takes the lens of heaven to see the earth is being filled with the glory of God in the midst of this war in the midst of this chaos the whole earth is actually filled with the glory of God the marketplace the seven spheres of the the church global church is being filled with the glory of God come on and we are partnering. We, God is inviting us not to be the prophets of woe but to be the prophets of wow And then he said, now he reduced the woe to, woe is me. <laughs> I think that's a good place to start. <laughs> he said, whoa, 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 woe is me. For I am undone. I see, I, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Uh, the real Hebrew for that is that I feel like my, all of my being got, you know, scattered, splintered, undone, Literally. I felt like, ah. Oftentimes we need to be undone to be redone. God cannot do greater works through us. Not until we will do deeper, he will do deeper works in us. First in us, then through us. So if we could take those external things to push us into the eternal things, then we will be positioned to change the external things. 
Psalm 63, David wrote that psalm, Oh God, you are my God, earnestly will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in this dry and weary land. Oftentimes we find ourselves just describing our circumstance. This is so dry. This is so weary. Instead of, oh God, you are my God. He pulled from heaven. He he did not deny her circumstance, by the way. But he never, on the other hand, he never stopped just by describing, this is dry, I'm alone, I'm depressed. You move from trying to describe your circumstance to glorifying him. So, here. He wrote that psalm when Saul was chasing after him and want him killed. And he wrote this psalm. And the end verse of that psalm, he says, the king will rejoice in you. Let me ask you, who's that king? He was not referring to Saul. Who's that king? Referring to himself. He knew from day one that the anointing was poured on him. Nothing changed. Even my external things changed. Nothing changed. This is my identity. The king will rejoice in you. And that heart transformed a cave into a palace. Man, I'm a man of unclean lips. And then he said, I dwell with man with unclean, unclean lips. Now, instead of just prophesying woe, he identified with the brokenness of the world. I believe, personally, we cannot fully connect to the brokenness of the world, not until we identify with a heart of compassion with them. When Jesus saw the multitudes, he felt compassion. When I was dying, in the hospital and the presence of God came over me. Afterwards, I heard the doctor saying to the patient next to me, you're dying today. Compassion hit me. I just said, no, Lord, no. Don't stop from just having an encounter. Capture the compassion of God. So now, something happened to Isaiah. Everything shifted, and by that time, he said, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Everything changed. It was no longer prophesying from earth to, uh, from earth to heaven. Now he sees everything from heaven to earth. God is the king. And his kingdom is breaking into our reality. And God is just looking for a place to dwell. God is looking for prophets, church, I mean, I mean us, the sons and daughters of, of God who will prophesy His glory is filling the temple. His glory is filling the earth. So what happens when this happened, when that 
change of paradigm, change of view of God. There's just a freshness. Seeing God without the veil of self-righteousness and pride brings us to a place of utter awe and surrender and brokenness when we see Him for who He is. God! God! It's no longer about me, my righteousness. It's not my ministry. It's not my platform. It's not my success. What was the failure of Uzziah? Pride crept in. Just one shift. We have to see God for who He is. Yes, He's so good. But he's also scary. <laughs> Are you with me? I like the. Come on, give my hand to the. I like the attitude of Moses. It, it, it says in the scripture that he, they're entering this, this thick cloud and dark cloud. At the foot of the mountain, the people were scared, like, oh! Because the whole mountain was, was trembling. But for Moses, that was an invitation. <laughs> for those who walk in intimacy, they know that the glory of God is there not to kill us, but there to invite us. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is filled with His glory. The King, the Lord of hosts, sits on the throne. Now let Him sit in the throne of your heart. If we are to see on earth as it is in heaven, that throne should be in your heart. Uzziah has to die, had to die. So when we go through crisis, we go through transitions. It's because the things that can be shaken must be shaken. It should be shaken off, amen? So that the things that should remain will remain because only the things that will remain are eternal things. The things that only sourced from Christ are the ones that are eternal. Anything sourced from flesh will burn. And so what happened? The angels now got a life goal. Remember, this, this is temple and there's altar of sacrifice and life goals. And, and then the temple was shaking. If you're Isaiah, Isaiah, this is not, oh, just to be in that atmosphere. The angel flew, used a tongue, grabbed a live coal. I mean, the, the angels, they are fiery creatures. Why use a tongue? 
Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. Right? Just a guess. Trying to be just creative in my interpretation here. <laughs> there is a call, life call. So holy. That's only for Isaiah. Not for the angel to mess up with. There is a call from heaven, far from heaven, that will fall upon you. You're the one that would burn. It's not the business of the angel to mess up with it. It is too holy. He would use that tongue to touch the mouth of Isaiah. What's the strongest place of a prophet? Let God touch your hip. Let God touch your mouth. Let God touch your whole being. Let the fire of God come down. Let us burn. Angels are here with specific assignment. Let me say this. That live coal was taken from the altar of sacrifice. Let me say this. The place where you laid everything back to God, that's where the fire will be coming from. Even now, desire it in your heart. I want that fire. I want that fire. Set me on fire and let the world see me burn. Set me on fire and let the world see me burn. Set me on fire and let the world see me burn. Set me on fire and let the world see me burn. The moment that coal touched the lips of the prophet, the moment that living coal fire touched the lips of Isaiah, something happened. He was cleansed. He was changed. There was a transformation that happened in the point of crisis, in the point of pain, in the point of this chaos. The whole earth is filled with the glory of God. And now Isaiah coming in alignment with heaven. The angel touched, I mean the, the life called touched the lips of Isaiah and he was cleansed. You know what happened next? 
he heard the conversation of heaven. Who want the fresh word of God? The entry door is burn. Burn. We cannot afford to just have a message. We have to wait for the fire to touch our lips so that that message will indeed be the word of God. And this is how Jesus modeled it. I only say what I hear the Father say. I only do what I I see my Father do. It's time for, for us to just go back to that place. Let Uzziah die. And there was a divine interruption. Oftentimes we see divine interruptions as God showing up when Moses was, you know, tending the flock. But now it's a different interruption. When the one who had his lips burned, heard the conversation of heaven. He was not even invited, by the way. Are you with me? He kind of interrupted the conversation when, when God was saying, whom shall we send? And here comes the prophet saying, here am I, send me. The moment that fire falls on you, your ears will be open with, uh, with voice from heaven. You will hear the conversation. And it's no longer a matter of prophesying. It's a matter of capturing what is in the heart of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who will represent us? Let's just come to a place of of worship right now. I don't know how to land this, but the best way is to fix our eyes on Him. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.